Welcome to Miami Valley Church. My name is Pastor Jed, and I want to say thank you for inviting us into the church that's meeting in your home today. I want to give you a special update next Sunday, May the 29th. We will not be having an online broadcast. Instead, we are encouraging all house churches to come together to serve one of the communities that we are in, and that is Miamisburg. And so next Sunday, May the 29th, we're not going to be having an online broadcast to uh, gather in house churches. Instead, we want all house churches to gather together in the community of Miamisburg, one of the communities that we're in, to serve that community. God has been showing us community. And this is a way that we get to serve one of the communities that we are in. And so we are encouraging all individuals, all house churches, all families to engage, to come and serve next Sunday, May the 29th at 10 a.m. We're going to meet at Community Park in Miamisburg, and we are gonna have a couple different uh, opportunities uh, to go out, but first we are gonna meet right there at Community Park, and from there, uh, we will go out to uh, three different places. And so there's a home of a single lady who needs some yard work done. And so if that is something uh, that you would like to do or that God has, has blessed you with, or you have resources to be able to do that, uh, we're gonna send a team out and go serve that lady and her home. And then there are two parks here locally that we get to go partner with the city of Miamisburg, uh, partner with other churches, and uh, go and serve and clean up those areas. And then we're gonna have a time where we come back at noon and we're gonna grill out and we're gonna just enjoy a meal together and just rejoice in what the Lord has done. And so I hope that you will join us next Sunday, May the 29th, 10 a.m. at Community Park in Miamisburg. And so as we talk about community, and that's one of the words that God has been uh, showing us and, and uh, going over and just uh, keeps bringing up before us community. I know that it's been a hard couple weeks for communities, not only here in this country, but all over the world, whether it's wars or whether it's hate or violence or mass shootings. This has been a couple tough weeks. It just reminds me of the word that God has been showing us from Matthew 25. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And right now, church family, we get the opportunity to share Jesus with a world that has no hope, a world who is desperate, a world who is just seeing mass destruction all over we get the opportunity right now to be light in darkness. We get the opportunity to share truth. And so will we say yes? Will we be obedient to share the things that God is showing us right now? Will we be bold in proclaiming Jesus Christ and who he is and what he came to this earth to do?
one of the opportunities that God put before us in the relationship that he uh, has been uh, building is between us and Pastor Laurent. And right now we get the opportunity to hear from one of the pastors uh, who he uh, had a relationship with in Africa. And so Bishop George is going to be sharing the word today. He's gonna to be sharing the command. And so right now we get the opportunity to hear uh, someone from the other side of the world teach us the word of God. And so would we ready our hearts right now as Bishop George brings us the word of God into your house church right now. So we are happy today to be with our guest, Bishop Pastor Muteti from Kenya. And uh, he has been with us here almost a month and two weeks. We invite him to, uh, to be with us um, for helping us on uh, church development and also teaching. He's a very good teacher and he's a parent and also uh, he's a, a very a good man there who helped uh, has a church in his village and also he has a school there because he had so many children there um, didn't have access on, this, on the education and he ended up started the school there he has a 250 students in his own school so we are very blessed to have him here for this long time here then uh, tonight or this morning we just want to uh, have him with us today so I want to welcome him welcome Pastor George thank you very much <laughs> uh, wow that's very nice so, as he has said, I'm George. I think the other party didn't say it's my marital status, I'm married. <laughs> I've got, uh, as usual in Africa, we have so many children. I've got uh, six children and uh, some seven grandchildren. Plus, what he has said, indeed, I've got, I'm a pastor there. I also have a school there. And uh, I just want to thank God for Laura. Uh, it's the one who has welcomed me and our brother, Jed. And I'm just happy to meet you just on the screen and be able to share the word of God. So welcome wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing, welcome, welcome. Uh, we shall be able to look at uh, some teachings and uh, from the book of Exodus. And... Uh, this is a, a very sensitive teaching, quite very sensitive, and uh, shall be able to read before we, we do anything. Uh, we are going to talk about false witness, bearing false witness, and this is one of the package in the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20 verse 16 you shall not testify falsely I'm reading from Amplified Bible so it is amplifying here the saying that is selfishly desire let me begin from 16 you shall not testify falsely that is lie withhold or manipulate the truth I like the word manipulate the truth against your neighbor or anybody else so you shall not 
bear witness. You shall not manipulate the truth against your neighbor. Uh, I began by saying that is very, very sensitive. Very sensitive, and especially if you underline the word your neighbor. Or this version says any other person. Now, uh, to uh, falsely give witness, it's, it's defined as uh, devising or designing, designing uh, words to deceive, to manipulate, to devise, to design some words and work on them until somebody looking at the story you've come up with, it looks, it is the truth. It is the truth. Now, because the Israelites were moving into a new land where they are going to make a new settlement scheme, God took them to the mountain to give them a constitution. You can call it a constitution. And that was very necessary because where people are, managing people is not easy. You need a constitution to manage people. So, uh, God knew and designed it in such a way that he knew that these people, when they are going in that new land, there will be found people who will be able to to manipulate, use words, design words, devices, and they will be able to cause others have trouble. Uh, this law was put there because other laws had been put there. The other laws were very dangerous. We had about three laws that were very dangerous. The law on those who practice magic, the law who will be of those who will be found blaspheming God and the law of those ones will be found in adultery. Adultery, blaspheming God and idolatry. Adultery and idolatry. Those three areas, whoever was found with a mistake in those three areas, which is also covered in this constitution, anybody who was found was supposed to be stoned, to be killed. So the designer with God of this law decided that it is very possible that somebody would take advantage, two people, because it was at the, at the, 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 the witness of two people, somebody would be judged. So it, the designer God knew very well that it is possible some people can manipulate, they can design or they can be able to devise wrong information just because they hate their neighbor. They will come and say he is practicing magic or sorcery and then he will be killed. Or he has been caught in act or with somebody's wife and then the person will be killed. Or he is blaspheming our God, the person will be killed. So some people will take advantage and have others killed. So he designed that to protect the lives of other people. For the purpose of integrity, for the purpose of just protection, he had to design that law. 
this makes me see God as really omnipresent, omniscient. God knows and he understands so many things. And you can be able to learn that when you begin to check at the constitution, which is giving, he is giving Moses on the mountain to go and protect these people. So what do we learn from this? Well, we are learning that if God cares for other people and he can be able to put such a law to protect them, then he's a very loving God. He understands that he didn't want anybody to die falsely. Falsely, because some people would be able to take advantage, as I have said. Now, there's a big story which I want to connect on this. There's a big story in the book of 1 Kings 21, verse 1 and up to 13. Maybe it will be good for us to read. It's a story that uh, uh, can be able to help us to, to get to know uh, what this is. Story about Naboth. I think most of us know the story. 21. Yeah, this guy that at the, uh, and it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Nazareth had a vineyard which was in Nazareth, uh, Jezreel, next to the place of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is just near next to my house. For it, for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if something it seems to, 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 uh, to you, I will give you. Uh, it's worth in terms of money. But Naboth said to Ahab, Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. So Ahab went into his house, Sulen, and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Nazarene had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away with his face and would eat no food. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so solemn that you eat no food? He said to her, Because I have spoken to Nazarene and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, and he has refused. So uh, to cut the story short, because I know the story, this lady now made a letter, and this is the letter she wrote in the letter saying, Proclaim a fast and sit and sit Naboth with, with, uh, with high honor among the people and set men, scandalously before to bear witness against him saying you have blasphemed God and the king then take him out and stone him and he will die exactly what I was saying now this story is a sad story you see how it is flowing uh, the king wants a vineyard close to him and he asked this guy and this guy says no this is the land of my inheritance is to my right I cannot be able to exchange it with anything. The king says, okay, I'll give you money. He says, no, I will not do that. Then this man goes home and he gets disturbed and the wife comes and the wife says, this is a small deal. And he, he, he manipulates, he devises, he designs a letter and, and he plots some two guys because this lady knew the law of this guy. So he knew with the witness of two, these guys will be able to go. So she used, this lady used the, the law. And indeed, this, and they said, everybody, you are going to fast. And they, they made a big story out of it. And then finally, they planted Naboth. And finally, they just woke up and say, yes, yes. I don't know what they said. Can you imagine people after praying and fasting? And they, they are praying and fasting. And they had an allegation. They have an agenda in it. 
and finally Naboth is killed and the story goes on and the land is given to, to the king and he takes the land. Now these are the things I'm saying. God designed this to protect people like Naboth. And there are so many Naboth in this world that are living that they need protection. They need protection. Can you see how many Naboths are around us? And so many things have just happened, really. They have happened. And people have just come up and have said things. That's why this law, I say, is very sensitive. Bearing witness is very, very sensitive. This guy lost his life like that. And of course, there was judgment that came upon the king. And if you read down there, they say... Uh, he also died in the same way, which was very bad. That's, it's telling us that uh, any law, anything that God forbids, you might look at it, it might look very small, just as small as bearing witness, false witness. But the consequences are as big as what you have done. So uh, that's one example. Another example is in the book of Acts chapter 6. Uh, this one I think you know where Stephen is caught. And then uh, some elders look at the story and they say, Stephen is very eloquent and there's no way we are going to get him. So they also strategize two guys. Remember, the law says where two people, witness of two, somebody goes. And remember the mistake was if they find you adulterous, you have taken somebody's wife, or if they find you practicing witchcraft or, or uh, the sorcery, or if you are, uh, uh, if you have killed somebody, you are to die. So these guys, they want to eliminate Stephen, and the guys say, we have found him blaspheming the temple and blaspheming our God. And that was a strategy, well devised, well manipulated, and the reason was found, and for that cause, Stephen died for that. I'm giving these two examples just to begin to open our eyes and to begin to let us see and understand that bearing false witness from history, from history, it, as it was so dangerous, something that God allocated a punishment a punishment like that, he allocated a punishment that if you are found doing that, you better die. You better die because it was a bad thing and, and, and God had to put a caution on it because it could cause somebody's death. So you should also be able, ready to die if you do it. I read somewhere, I can't be able to get to know the place, but there was another scripture that also said, if you have sinned for true, that somebody did something and you also fail to go and give witness. You hide the witness, you know the truth and you don't go and say, say, somebody has killed somebody, you have seen that and you don't go and bear witness, true witness, or somebody has taken somebody's wife and you see that and you don't go and bear true witness, then you are also to pay punishment. Of course, you are not to die, but you are also supposed to pay something. So they were paying a goat or like so to say that there is a bad person in our midst. There is an adulterous man, adulterous woman. There is a sorcerer in our midst. There is a murderer in our midst and you are hiding him. So you should be able to pay for that if you are caught, you, should, you are supposed to pay for that. So uh, witnessing had the other part where you should be open and say, don't hide 
anybody you know that if he is kept in the midst of the community, he will be able to cause a problem. You would also be able to pay for that. And if you also allege, devise, or manipulate, come up with a story like the two examples you've had, also you are supposed to die. So we are getting to learn very many things about this false witnessing, bearing false witness, and the magnitude of it. We have so many stories, uh, things we can be able to relate in the Bible, but the issue we want to know is that God values life so much. Man's life God values so much. There is a lot that happens if somebody's name is detained. In the legal language is called character deformation. It is very important. Even the government had to pick. Many governments have picked this and they have put them in their government system. Of course they change the name because it is character deformation. I want to uh, finish up with some two things I want us to understand. The one I am been talking and I'm talking about it is called delib deliberate bearing false witness. Deliberate bearing false witness. You have seen it with this Jezebel woman how she has manipulated the whole scenario and somebody has died. You have seen with these elders, the Jews, how they have manipulated the whole thing and Stephen has died. But there is also the other part where you can do it but not deliberately in direct false witnessing. Now this is what I want to finish up with. This indirect bearing false witness comes with what I call hardliners. Hardliners are people who are political. We have political hardliners. We have religious hardliners. We have uh, royal hardliners. By hardliners, I mean there is somebody who believes in his religion so much, so much that whatever the person hears, he cannot prove. He will begin to talk about what he was told about his religion or his leader, spiritual leader. He might be having a spiritual leader and that spiritual leader is known for being maybe witchcraft or whatever power is using, he's using wrong powers or this person is a manipulator. His religious leader, I don't want to mention any religion, but his religious leader, he's a manipulator. There are things he's doing. Maybe he goes around with the women. He has maybe been caught. But because of Hadeliner, religious Hadeliners, they will be able to talk things for the person, even if they know they'll bear witness for the person that my pastor or my bishop, my leader, they will stand and say, Whatever it is, I will always stand for him, even if he's wrong. Remember, if you are a hardliner like that, you are bearing witness that this person is good, and yet you know very well what this person is doing. It can even be political. In our country, we have got what we call parties. Here I'm told you only have to, uh, we have the Democratic and, and the, the Republican. In Kenya, we have even, like this time, we have 50 parties, <laughs> imagine. So if I'm a hardliner, 
Even that person who is standing as a politician or the president in another party, if I'm a hardliner and I'm a Christian, however bad things I may be able to see, I will still stand and bear witness and say, my man is the man I want. You are cheating. He is a good person. I will bear wrong witness and I will make sure the other people, even if they are good, I will bear false witness. I will begin to build up stories that I have heard from other people talking about our opponent. And I will build on those stories, even if they are not true. I build on those stories just because I'm a hardliner, just because I'm defending something. I can be a hardliner even to our family. I can be a hardliner even to my husband. I can be a hardliner to my wife. I can say my wife has never, never done this. My wife, husband can never, never do this. So you can become hardliners. Hardliners, in most cases, they always stand up to give false witness to issues. They will defend what they were not supposed to defend and they will begin to talk bad about other people or other situations which they have not proved. Anytime you begin to manipulate, to manipulate words, to design words, you have no proof but you are pestering those words on somebody, destroying the integrity and the credibility of the person, then you automatically come to the class of false witness, bearers of witness, but this one is not direct. This is indirect being a false witness because what you are talking, you are bearing witness, talking for somebody, something you have not been able to prove. So my brothers and my sisters, as I finish, I pray that may God help us not to be people who can deliberately give false witness, like the examples we've given, or we should not become so much hardliners. We are so strict and our eyes are so close to the reality until we can build false witness, stalk against people, something we have not proved. We should be able to begin to watch our stand our political, our religious, our family, in places we've got classes, the rich and the poor, races. We have got this race and this race. All these things are all over the world. So that because of being a hardliner, you find as a Christian, you've ended up bearing witness. Just because this person comes from this class or from this place or this person is like this, you have a negative attitude towards that person. You end up painting a picture of bearing false witness just to make the person suffer. So as Christians, brothers and sisters, let us be very careful so that we cannot get into the trap of uh, uh, giving, bearing false witness deliberately or not deliberately. May God be able to help us so that we may not be able to get into that so that we may be able to say, because the problem is maybe somebody might not be hanged, somebody might not be killed, but remember, if you begin to give false witness talking about somebody, that person has a family, he has children, he has people who believe in him, so you are destroying the name, you are deforming the name of this person, you are destroying the value of this person, there's a lot you are doing, you are tearing and destroying, and that's not what we've been called for. We've been called to build up, we've been called in the midst of reconciliation. 
whether we are doing politics, whether we are family, whatever we are doing, let there be no discrimination that can bring us to a place where we can stand and boldly give false witness over an issue because of our hard line. So may God bless you so much as we walk through this journey of being careful and not being able to bear false witness. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, this is a big hurdle. Uh, we pray that you help us. You did not put this law in the Old Testament for nothing. And we now look at it not just as a law in the Old Testament. It is touching our lives. People's lives are very important and help us to value them. And one way of valuing them is just to say the truth about people without adding in anything. Just say the truth about people. And Father, we thank you that you will help us as we live. We shall be able to walk in this truth. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. May God bless you. Bless you so much. Amen. <laughs>